Hello, you're listening to Tiger's Eye, episode 5. Flaming orange robes surround him, huge and terrible claws extend from his draped sleeves, and his face is that of a golden lion, with black eyes of indescribable ferocity. Atop his head is the effigy of a reptor, its fanged jaws wide glaring down upon its prey. Very deliberately, I draw my spears, locking my gaze on those two dark Hits. My stance lowers. My body is quivering. The gait of this newcomer shifts ever so slightly, tensing to spring. I lean forward, achingly slowly, and place the spears upon the ground in front of me. Gritting my teeth, I take the biggest chance I possibly can bending my head respectfully towards the ground. I feel the light footsteps draw near, catch sight of those claws out of the corner of my eye, black against the orange of the robes. Miguel upon my back is now borne upside down by the tilt of my deep bow. I hear him say something. Get up. Sighing with relief, I raise my head to see the Gagaku has removed its mask, and I am looking into the piercing blue eyes of an old gray tiger. Her braided hair falls down on either side of her scarred face. Greetings, O oh silent one. I understand why you appear before me in this manner. Um, as you can see, I bear a strange creature with me that must be returned to its home. My tribe wishes it destroyed, but I come here now seeking your wisdom for the possibility of alternate action. For this I braved the Gagaku and laid my life at your feet, suspecting that you were one and the same. Well, that looked impressive, but I didn't hear a word of it. I'm deaf. Oh. You can put your spears away. I don't know your name, so I'm going to call you Mrs. Pointy. So... how do we... But I'm pretty good at working things out by looking at them. I'm guessing you're here about the little one on your back. Put your thumb upwards if I'm right, and down if I'm wrong. Well, thumbs up, but... Put him on the floor, Mrs. Pointy. Let me take a seat and get a look at him. She makes a few deft arm movements, and her long, black claws emerge fully from her robe. She places these two wicked-looking gauntlets down and gestures with nimble paws. 
As she moves to one of the rows of smooth stone benches to lower herself down, I bow my head. Thank you. I mean... If you're saying thank you, you should touch your jaw with these two pads. Then point them at me like this. There. Thank you for being so courteous. All right, let's see this thing. Come on, cub. Don't be shy. Look, this is only a mask. You want to try it on? To my surprise, Miguel steps forward and takes the enormous lion mask from the old cat, peering at her through the eye holes. When he emerges, his face has creased up again, and he jabbers at her and makes a sound that might be his laughing. Doesn't speak our language, huh? No, cub, I cannot hear you. See? She closes her eyes and pats her ears, and then shakes her head and opens her eyes again. He nods and comprehends. Do you know what he is? Um, I gesture to Miguel, then point at the silent one and tilt my head left. What is he? Thumbs up. Here, cub, you play with these daggers. I have never seen one like him. Seems smart, though. Did you try asking him? I shake my head, then tap my mouth. You don't speak his language, I know. So? I sigh. She's absolutely right. There were many other ways I could have asked besides speech. Then I find a good excuse. I point to Miguel, mime vomiting and then sleeping. He's been sick, then. Where did you find him? I think for a moment and then wave my paw in front of my face, pad down, undulating gracefully up and down and from the right to the left. In water? I nod. Miguel has been watching this. He squeaks at us both and then marches over to a puddle within a broken part of the stonework. He crouches and then splashes his fingers in the water. Then locking eyes with me, he imitates my undulating paw movement with his own. I allow myself a tiny gasp and the two of us nod back at him. His face creases again. That can only mean he's happy. Kid's a fast learner. How How did you get get here? I... Oh. I think. Then point to all four corners of the room in a swift circle, and then point at the silent one, tilting my head again to the left. This, I have figured, is a good way of indicating a question. She responds by copying me and raising her left paw up and slightly to the side with a raised shoulder. I am reminded of a similar movement Miguel made with both paws yesterday. I nod, making a note of the additional paw movement to indicate a question in need of an answer. Well, I could sit here for hours and tell you the long, sad story of my life, but I have neither the time nor the inclination. Besides which, it's up to you to understand me if you want to get what you want. So let's see how well you pick this up. Miguel has joined me and we stare at the silent one. She places a paw on her chest, me, then holds it out at head height to her right and lowers it slightly, a little younger. She crouches and waggles her pads on the ground, raising them up and expanding them. Fire. In response to this, Meagle rushes to the wall where a torch is burning and points. The silent one nods and gives an approving growl. Then she puffs out her chest and waggles her jaw, waving her arms theatrically. Storyteller. She was a shaman. An expression of horror crosses her face as she swirls her forelimbs in slow motion. 
and bends over, falling. Then my sign for the water. Then she hunches down, shivering, cold water, and slowly brings her paws to her ears, closes her eyes, and shakes her head, letting her paws drift up and away. She lost her hearing. She shakily mimes the fire again, but then kicks it and looks dejected, sits down and looks very sad, her ears flattening against her head. Then she stands and deliberately points to both her eyes and mimes the action of marching. She checks herself and does a smaller paw movement, switching her pads back and forth to mean the same thing of walking with slightly less arm flailing. This one is a little harder. Seeing, walking, I mull over what I believe she has told me. So she could no longer tell stories, and then she saw and walked. No. Oh, at once I understand. She went on her spirit walk. I mime back at her the seeing and walking motion, with the addition of a little theatrical fire and body shaking, while my eyes roll back like that of a shaman in communication with the other side. Ah, you know about those. I was hoping you might. I traveled a long way on mine. We don't usually come back, even if we find what we are looking for, and I had my reasons to stay out here, and alone. But I do not think I could make my way back now, even if I wanted to. Our shaman, um, I mime the fire talker and point at myself. You're a shaman? No. I point to the green painted decoration on my notched bracer and my family armlet again. Your tribe, yes, I have seen a few of these cats. Yes, I mime the fire talker, which has already become a much shorter contraction of the two movements, then my armlet, then the vision march for her spirit walking. Then I pause, trying to think of a way to indicate yesterday. I wave my paw in the air behind my head. So the shaman of your tribe went on his own spirit walk. Is that last gesture supposed to be yesterday? I nod. She responds with a thumb pointed over her shoulder. Yesterday. Today. At this, she keeps her paw at shoulder height and points at the ground with her index pad. Tomorrow. She extends her last little pad forwards. Where I am from, we train an apprentice to take her place when we depart. Did your old shaman do that? I nod. Is the new guy doing a good job? I assume not, or you wouldn't be here. I pause for the longest time, and then point to Miguel, fire talker, Durga tribe. Then I mime the drawing of my index claw across my throat. Ah. Well, that is a fairly standard response for a shaman trying to protect his tribe. In the event of Strange Outsider, break Strange Outsider. But why did you defy him? I stare at her. Then Miguel steps in front of me and raises his shoulders, 
paws up to the side, same as yesterday. The silent one laughs. <laughs> I am glad that shaman of yours didn't get around to killing him. This cub's a smart one. I look quizzically at Miguel, who looks back. I point at him, then tap my head, looking at the silent one. You're asking if he understands us. Well, it's obvious he's looking at what we're doing and interpreting it for himself. Can't say how accurate he is until we ask him. Hey, cub. She imitates my earlier question to her, circling the four corners of the hall, then pointing to me, then Miguel, ending in a left headcock and a quizzical paw. He furrows his bra and holds a hand to his mouth. I can now see he is thinking, pantomiming and exaggerating the motion with theatricality. He brightens up and steps forward, replicating the silent one's mime for falling, only this action goes on for a long while. Then he looks at me and replicates my water mime, then holds up both paws in a new gesture, lowering waggling pads in slow motion. Then he does the falling motion again, with the waving arm movements of water. A waterfall. She repeats his motion, with more pronounced ferocity, and then mimes tumbling through it herself. Miguel nods vigorously. He fell from atop a waterfall. After that, he mimes splashing about in the water and gripping a branch. Then he points at me, his face dropping into fear. Then the hiding, the food my battle with the reptor and his sickness. Then he points his thumb over his shoulder and then deliberately points to the ground in front of him and then circles the corners of the room. He looks at us expectantly. We have a natural shaman here, Mrs. Pointy. I mime the waterfall again and then point up at the top of it, then at Miguel. He nods. I need to express the idea of home. In the language of tigers, tribe, family, and home all mean the same thing, but I have no way of knowing if this is the case for him. I decide to focus on the nature of shelter, forming my paws into the pointed shape of a house roof. I gesture to Miguel and give him the question sign. He thinks for a moment, and then mimes the front door of a house being opened. We understand each other. I imitate the door sign, then raise my thumb and nod. He does the same. So what's next, Cub? What do you want to do tomorrow? She points at Miguel, then holds her pinky pad up for the tomorrow sign, headcock and quizzical paw. In response, he thinks once again, and then, looking at me a little meekly, he points at me, and then him, mimes walking, waterfall, and the door again. I nod reassuringly, and extend my thumb, and his anxious demeanor relaxes. Then I have another question. I sign at him for walking, and hold my paws out wide, then bring them in close, then headcock and quizzical paw. How far? He gazes at me and then slowly extends his paws as far as they will go. Far. I glance at her, marveling at how only a short while ago 
this creature and I were closed off to one another. I signed at her, gesturing to Miguel and I, then walking with a beckoning paw. Are you crazy? I'm an old woman. I'm not going to trek days and days upriver. I sign for question, then run my claw across my throat and point to myself, and then the room around us. By the tits of Rama, you're all over the place with that one. All right, I think you're asking if I was going to kill you. Yes, I was. I ask why with the paw gesture. Because you broke into my house. I live here in the only part of the jungle I can see everyone coming. There's plenty of food, lots of peace and quiet. I pause a moment, then point at her. I'm walking, and then gesture at my armlet. You want me to go see your tribe? Why? I think for a moment, then mime, fire talker, indicate young with my paw, and then indicate angry with my facial expression. Is that so? I do not know the sign for help. Eventually, I hold out both paws and cradle one in the other. She regards Miguel and then myself for some time. All right. I make no promises. I have a packed schedule as it is. That's why I maintain the Gagaku mythology here. Without him, I'd have visitors every day demanding a piece of my mind. At least this way, I only have to deal every so often with warriors with something to prove. She pats her lion mask fondly. Yes, this old monster has been pretty useful. I bow low in gratitude and turn to go. Miguel, behind me, stands his ground, his eyes wide. I experimentally give the question sign. In response, he hops from foot to foot clutching his groin, and then holds a paw to his mouth, miming eating. I sigh, and turn back to the silent one. Yes, cub. You can use my facilities. Through there. She then mimes, falling again, swifter, less elaborate now the meaning is known, and then wags her forepad at him, shaking her head. Then she waves him on and turns back to me. And you two may as well stay for supper and a rest. You look tired, Mrs. Pointy. I bow even lower. The smell of roasting ibex suddenly hits me from the other end of the great hall. I raise my thumb and then tap two pads to my jaw, extending them towards her, and the cantankerous old cat snorts approvingly. You have been listening to Tiger's Eye, written, edited, and produced by Alex Shaw with a full cast. Rao, performed by Maureen Foley. The Silent One, performed by Sharon Shaw. Miguel, performed by Alex Shaw. Presenter, Laura Kate Dale. The main theme is Agent in Shanghai by 1M1 Music, courtesy of Shockwave Sounds. 
You also heard Himalayan Atmosphere, Lost Frontier, and Whimsy Groove by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Our special sponsors this month were Nick Grugan, Joel Robinson, Russell Osborne, Maureen Foley, Ben Hayes, Stefan Gardinia, Kieran Datchler, Lorraine Chisham, Livio de la Cruz, Scott Corzine, and Erish Traverse. And to everyone else who has been supporting us on the Patreon, a big thank you. Come to the Digital Drift Forum to discuss these shows with the fanbase, or you can post messages directly on the Patreon feed. If you aren't able to support New Century with your dollars, then there are of course other ways you can help it grow, and those are four or five star iTunes reviews. And if you can make time to say a few kind words in a review, that all helps the show gain visibility and gets it into the ears of new listeners.